0: podcast is sponsored by better help and neuro and mints buddy hey chris what's in your mouth man so dude i've actually got one of these neuro mints in right now i know you do and you're all about these neuro gum and mints me too i absolutely love it i've turned on three friends to neuro gum and mints they're completely addicted to the cinnamon Mints. I'm not gonna lie. I really like the cinnamon. I'm working on one of these peppermint ones right now. Hold on. Say cinnamon with the neurogum and mints in your mouth.
1: <laughs> cinnamon. How's that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I love this stuff. It was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks while studying, training or going out. Instead, they wanted something that was effective, that gave them this clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. And, Chris, I know you're a huge fan of neuro Yeah. You know, it's so funny.
1: So I've been doing a lot of these um A lot of these charity events especially because i've got my own nonprofit and everything and i found myself because a lot of times during the evening but i'm starting to slow down a little bit then but when i I can pop one of these in because everybody kind of talks really close at these events so i got a little caffeine kick so it it picks me up a little bit so i'm a little bit more alert and focused but at the same time i'm not worried about these people talking really close to me because my breath is amazing (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Look at you, man. Two for one. Right. Go to neurogum.com slash I needed that. That's trynearogum.com slash I needed that to enjoy calm, focus, and energy whenever you need it. We've got a link for you in the show notes too. Uh, in the show notes too. Uh, hey, take that man out of your mouth. Let's talk about better help for just a couple of minutes, mm. man. Both of us have talked extensively about our own therapy journeys and the importance of this. And somebody said something to me yesterday that I thought was so powerful. Dude, you ready for this? Yeah. For people who are struggling with anything in their life, I would tell them to go to therapy before I would tell them to do anything else. Yes, I agree. one hundred percent.
1: I mean, unless unless they're struggling with a physical injury, you know, like then then go to your doctor. But, but yeah, if, right if you're struggling with anything as far as your emotions, your feelings, a thousand percent just being able to talk through it, it, it is almost like, triage if you will for your emotions
0: there you go man get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service it's 100% online to get started you just answer a couple of questions about your needs and preferences and therapy and then like Chris said you can go ahead and schedule online if you're not vibing with somebody you can select somebody different but the the only important part is that you start you get in here and you get going so 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. slash I needed that that's better help H-E-L-P dot com slash I Needed That. Should we do a podcast, buddy? Yeah, dude. Let's
1: go, man. I'm excited. I Needed
0: That. Yeah, I needed that. I think, I'm down for that. I let's
1: think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. We tend
2: to do that a lot with a ton of things is like try to pass on ownership. You know, I'm a confident badass woman. That's what I say to
0: myself. You just stop feeling like you anymore. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, who is this chick. I am MIA and I, I need to get myself that. Well, here we go, buddy. Another I Needed That podcast. Welcome to what I think is going to be an incredible episode. We're going to get to our guest in just a couple of minutes. First up, how are you doing, man? We are days away from the release of the app. How is Chris Powell's <laughs> mental state right now?
1: It- what time is it? It, it depends, <laughs> bro. It depends on the hour. The ask, man. I'm. I mean, we're grinding hard right now. Yeah. But you know, it's like it's it's actually coming along really, really nicely. We we had to push the, the release back so many times. This is just the nature of technology. But um, we actually pushed it back to a time that gave us enough breathing room to button it up and really get everything in place. So it's like a the entire experience is really polished. So I'm I'm yeah. feeling good about it. Am I stressed? Yes, I am. Very much so. Like I'm not even I'm not even gonna hide it, man. I'm I'm grinding. I'm feeling it. I need a break. <laughs>
0: so, well, you're about to take one. You and the kids are going on a cruise next week. So let's not feel I, so bad for Chris
1: Powell. No, no. No, man. I'm I'm counting my blessings. Here's the catch. Like I I booked this cruise like gosh six months ago thinking okay. that the app would be out by now. I I wouldn't schedule the cruise to literally get back four days before the release, but we're here now. So I'm just going to, we're just going to, we're going to flow with it. Put it that way. So good. So good. It's a good test for me.
0: Today's transformation story on the I Needed That podcast is going to be one that a lot of people remember. And I'll tell you, there's a quote from this gentleman that I just love so much, which is four simple words become better, not bitter and it's certainly just it it, to me it's an expression that so many of us could really start to adopt because a lot of us are bitter about our situations and this idea that we can drop that part and just get better incrementally every single day is so freaking powerful and i mean here's a guy who's put himself through consistent training competition attention to detail uh, his body kind of put him in a place where he had to overcome and adapt. Uh, A lot of people will recognize the name from his time on Dancing with the Stars, where he really just warmed everybody's heart in America. Uh, He is the one and the only Noah Galloway. I'm going to bring him into the frame in just a second. How do you know him?
1: So Noah and I, we actually crossed paths in Appleton, Wisconsin, Uh probably four or five years ago. We were there with Donald Driver he has a softball tournament that he does every single year to raise money for charity. And so that's where, that's where Noah and I met, man, like the moment I met him, I was like, dude, this guy's a bro. He's freaking awesome. We hit it off. And so, you know, I, I keep tabs on him on, on Instagram and everything. He's just one of the most inspirational dudes I've ever met in my life. And I just thought I would love to, to share his journey and to help him share his message because He's such a motivational and inspirational man. And, and again, man, I, I know he got he got dealt a pretty rough hand of cards, but nobody's playing it better. And I think, I think we could learn we could all learn a lot from him. So I'm just so excited to have him on. Noah, what's up, buddy?
2: They, I, well, Chris, you know, I want to add something. When I first met you in Appleton, you know, one, I was in your physique, you're your built, <laughs> you know, it's obvious. All right. But, What really grabbed my attention and the reason I've stayed connected with you is because of you and your family, the way you are with your kids. That takes a lot. I've met a lot of people in this strange world that we live in that I've met some very important people. And I've always been impressed with those I come across that are true family men. And you're one of those people, Chris. So Thank you, brother. I'm I'm happy to be on with you. Matthew, I'm not saying you're not a family man. I just don't no, know. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even think I have kids. Oh wait, I have two. Never
0: mind. That's no, good. Oh, I, man, I spent a little time thrilled. up in. Uh, I, put, I put, spent a little time in Wisconsin myself, and I, I can vouch for the fact that Donald Driver is one of those guys that can bring people together. Yeah. So it's it's cool that you all had that experience. So what year
2: was that? You know, we're like so 2018, 2019 okay, was yeah. around the time frame that we were doing that stuff with Donald and you yeah. know, he's a good, he's a family man. He is, he is. And easy. That's, good. I've, yep. That's what oh. I've always, that's why I kept working with them. Cause you know, you want to surround yourself with people that are like-minded and good people that are going to make you a better person. And Chris, you, Donald were those people. Well, thank you. No, I'm much appreciated. Donald's got a heck of
1: a story too. I mean, if if you knew about his past, i he was homeless growing up. I don't know if you mm-hmm. knew much about that. And he's uh grew up. He was in Texas, right? I, I believe that's. I think he so. Yeah, because yeah, his his,
2: his brother still lives there.
1: Yeah, 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 man. He's he's had a heck of a journey. I mean, all the way to into the NFL and you know Super Bowl star. And I mean, he's what what an incredible ride it's been for him. Now but look again. at his
2: son. His son's um, killing it now.
1: Yes and so all these guys
0: sons are killing it now it's so (laughs) wild to watch the nfl
1: these days (laughs) yes i know it's 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 fun to watch though it's cool and especially as a father you know i I, you know all of us here we're we're all dead and so it's just like you you can only imagine just living vicariously through them like that feeling that they have that feeling of pride just to see these children excel that's all you want as a a parent
2: you know you know i've got so my oldest son is 18 he'll be 19 in january in the next couple of weeks he's going in the coast guard and i'm super excited about it he wants to do maritime enforcement so excitement and i told him i said but he's a lot like me i said this is going to itch a scratch you don't even know you have yet yeah. and he's just you know and it's exciting to watch him of course then i got my other son that wants to be a doctor he's taking college courses over the summer i'm looking for a car he just turned 16 today and i'm looking for a hybrid for him my oldest son likes hot rods like me so i'm not sure who the other one belongs to but i keep i keep raising him dude that's amazing man so
0: on on noah's website you can go and you can read this where it says quote noah's faced some tough situations in his life he wasn't sure he'd be able to come back after losing two limbs and diving into a deep depression thus the therapy conversation that we're having right now one day you woke up and you chose not to focus on what you would lost but what you had left after relentless hours in the gym your fitness improved you land the cover of men's health magazine you step even further outside your comfort zone as a contestant on abc's dancing with the stars and all of these things lead us to where we are today which is your story of transformation so what we have to do i believe is set the stage for the day of transformation and so you're probably sick of talking about this noah but if you would just engage us a little bit on this conversation can you take us back to the day where life gets really really different for you and what's what's sort of happening
2: leading up to it well you know uh, the beginning of what ended up being my injury like i woke up six days after the explosion no idea what had happened i woke up in a hospital my left leg above the knee is gone my left Uh, arm above the elbow, I have injuries to my right hand, my right leg, my jaw shattered, my mouth is wired shut. Like I didn't know what was going on how I got there. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of emotion that was going through me. And I mean, I literally would go from one minute of this is okay, I'll make it to anger to crying like a baby, you know, what I mean, I didn't know what to think. And as I left the hospital, I rushed into I I had one marriage in when I got injured, and then I rushed into a second. So I already had one son, had two more children. Was I thought like I went through a phase where I'd gotten off this medication. So I thought, oh, I'm doing better. But I started self-medicating. You know, Mm -hmm. I did everything that I shouldn't have been doing. I wasn't taking care of the way I was eating. I was drinking, doing all this stuff. And I walked into the living room one day and my three kids, being very young, were sitting on the couch and they're watching cartoons. And all of a sudden I realized, because the person I was in this in this time frame was not anybody I was proud of. Uh, nothing I was doing was right. And I realized to my two boys, I'm showing them what a man is and that's what they're going to become one day. And to my little girl, I'm, I'm showing her how a man's supposed to act. And that's what she's gonna look for one day and the man i was wasn't anybody one of my boys to be or my daughter to find so i knew i had to make a change but i always tell people that even though i realized that things don't just change you know what i mean because all the time we've all been through it in life we're like i'm gonna be better and then something happens and you're like well never mind that screwed up that happens but because of my children i every time i fell flat on my face it was the thought of my kids that were like okay I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And things just slowly improve a little bit at a time. You know, I changed the way I was eating, Got back in the gym, you know, just started taking care of myself. And like I said, I still made mistakes to this day. I'm not perfect. And mental health. Oh my God. That was, I went through the initial depression, you know, 16 years ago, injured 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Now I'm 42. And I'm diving so much more into mental health now. I'm like, I wasn't even scratching the surface before. Right. Like now I'm starting to hit things in a way that I need to. So it's like there was a little boost here, a little boost there. Life is, is challenging. And trauma is something we're going to constantly experience in our life. And just like I said, with my kids, getting them into a therapy early is because we are all experiencing trauma all the time. They may not just be losing arm and a leg but we're experiencing things and we have to constantly be on that and battling it.
0: Can I slow us down a little bit? I wanna take you back to the, the time you're in the hospital yes. and you say you're cycling through all these different emotions because here's what I imagine is happening. You mentally are going through this whole thing of like, oh my God, I don't have my arm, I don't have my leg. I'm a, I'm a soldier. Like I'm supposed to go back and join my buddies on the battlefield. I, I'm supposed to go finish what what I started. And, and there must have been for you this wild identity, uh, kind of, I don't want to call it a crisis, but maybe it was, I don't know, an identity crisis about who, who am I now? And, and I'm imagining at the same time, man, dude, everybody's coming to you, telling you like, how proud they are of you, how brave you are, how you're the man, dude, like purple heart kind of stuff. Right. And everybody's coming to you wanting to gift you all these accolades and awards, but you don't feel it. Yes. So could you speak a little bit to how you morphed that identity for yourself? Because that's something that's really useful for other people.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, Matthew, that was spot on. Well done. You could have you could have just told it for me (laughs) because it was, (laughs) you know, I wake up in the hospital and the losing the arm and leg. Everything I've ever done was physical. I did landscaping. I did construction. I worked in a plant and then I ended up in the military as an infantry soldier. So everything was physical. And then I wake up two of my limbs are gone. I'm like, well, how am I going to be physical again? And then I lose my job. I, when I was that second appointment, we were in Southwest Baghdad, an area known as the triangle of death. And we were taking a beating. We were losing guys almost felt like every day. And so for me to wake up in a hospital, one was good that I woke up just injured, but all I could think about was where all my men were and I wanted to be there with them. And I realized it was harder to be in the States knowing where everybody was and you being here, I would have dreams of going back to Iraq and like no one even knew i was gone or they didn't care and i was just like what here i am i was gone i was hurt you know what i mean like it was terrifying because i lost my place in the world and so then i had all these people coming to my room that were like yeah like you said they're like oh we're so proud of you this and that and then they're like what do you want to do with your life? You can do whatever you want. Like I started just making things up because I didn't care. And I did, I wanted somebody to tell me you can't do that because I wanted to hear that. I needed a challenge. I am one of those people that don't do well if you say I can do it, which is crazy, I know. But <laughs> I have to hear the opposite. So all these, and I just didn't want anything. I didn't want to hear it. I became determined i was going to walk perfectly i didn't go to physical therapy i just was determined to do everything on my own which looking back like yeah it, it motivated me it was my motivation to push and do all these things but now i look back and i didn't get i didn't spend any time with any of the other soldiers at walter reed i've come across guys who were there at the same time i was and they know who i am and i don't know who they are i was this i i was in a dark place but i was I, it was coming off. I was very arrogant. I had a doctor ask me, why don't you spend time with the other veterans? And I said, Why would I spend my time with a whole bunch of cripples?
0: Mm. And
2: now, wow. for a long time, I thought I was this tough guy that was overcoming this. But now I'm learning, I'm just now starting to accept the fact that I'm missing an arm and a leg, which is crazy to say, but I've not gone through that process until now. And it's been a really tough process because I was very blind to what I was going through, if that makes any sense. Uh, And so when I left Walter Reed, I was determined to do all these things that weren't normal for a guy missing arm and a leg. I started running Tough Mudder and Spartan races before anybody else missed missing injury. I started doing all these things. And then I would meet these guys afterwards who were like, I got into this because of you. And it was very motivating and it wow. felt good. But here it is now, years later. And like, for example, the other day, I was talking to somebody about flying and how I told him, I said, yeah, when I fly international, sometimes when i land i go around everybody and go to the accessible line because it's faster and i made a joke the other day and told somebody sometimes i walk with a little bit of a limp they laughed and then they go you know noah that's set up for people like you and i was like oh yeah i guess it is you know what i mean like uh, i'm i'm not registering yet that i am injured which is a good and a bad you know that determination is fine But accepting and knowing who you are is part of the healing process. And I think where I struggled and it's something I I still deal with in other parts. I think most people deal with this is we compare ourselves to other people. So when I was in the hospital and this is, this is going to sound crazy, but I had a doctor say, you've got to mourn the loss of your arm and your leg. And I was like, the guy in the room next to me is missing three limbs or he's missing four. That person has severe burns. So I'm like, who am I? Who am I to worry about it? Now to, to you, that sounds ridiculous, but I guarantee Matthew, Chris, you've all done it as well. You've dealt, you may have your body, your brain wants to deal with some trauma in your life, but you say, well, there's other people that are dealing with it worse. So who cares? We have to deal with, I'm sorry for saying this, but our shit first, Yes. In order to move on. And I'm just now dealing with that. And so it has been this this my travels have been, you know, there's been a lot of ups that I was living in the down. I was I've given speeches, motivational speeches, and then afterwards was not living that life. I was trying to motivate myself to be that person that I was speaking of. And it's been an interesting ride to go through these ups and downs.
0: Chris, you and I talk about that all the time about how comparing your pain to other people is not very useful other yeah. than it can offer you some perspective in moments like, okay, it's good for a mind said for, for some reasons, but <laughs> otherwise it's not very useful to compare yourself to other people. No, right?
2: you know what I mean? You know. it, it isn't. And I'm, I'm learning that more and more every day because we all, my therapist said something the other day. He said, Hey, if we're living, we're experiencing trauma. And I was, I thought that was perfect. Cause we all are at different times of our life. Some are bigger than others, um, but we have to address them. And then if we're comparing ourselves to other people, well, then we're not dealing with our own shit. And that's yeah. where the real struggle is.
0: Fire away, Chris.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask what, what does that look like? If you don't mind sharing also like this, dealing with this trauma now and dealing with the cards that you've been dealt Um, is, is it, what does that feel like as it's coming up? What do you do about it? Is it something that you're dealing with obviously with your therapist? Um, Can you just give us, I guess the, the full, you know, kitchen sink or the medicine cabinet of, of what, what you're doing? Like, how does it feel? And then how are you dealing with it now?
2: All right, So I'm going to share something with y'all that has been very recent for me. And it's been mind blowing for years. I have spoke, on you know these these stages and in small groups i would speak about and i've read all about these types of veterans who have dealt with childhood trauma in fact it was the military that was their escape and they're drawn to action they're you know there's all these things going on and then they're not dealing with it then they've got this anger and they've got these issues and i always spoke about them but i never understood them and then about a month or so ago I'm listening to an audio book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, I forget the name of the author. Yes. It's one of the greatest of all time. Oh my God, it's such a good book. So in the beginning of the book, the guy talks about how in the beginning of being a a, a therapist, he worked for the VA. And there was this veteran, Vietnam veteran, lawyer, owns his own, own law firm, very successful in the community, loved but he had this side of him that his kids knew to stay away. His wife would, you know, I mean, whatever. And I remember, so then I'm flying home, I land, I'm driving home and I'm thinking about that person. And I'm like, how does a woman love that person? You know what I mean? What a horrible person that is. And then I get home and we'd had a tree replaced that we planted a whole bunch of trees down our driveway. And one of them died. We had it replaced. The guy didn't plant it the way my wife said to plant it and it died. And So when i pulled in the driveway i saw that dead tree and it triggered me and then i pull in my son's playing basketball he has something i answer but i'm kind of a jerk he disperses i go inside my wife says something i'm all mad this that whatever i just i lose my mind i leave the house I go down the road, hang out somewhere, and I sit down and I'm texting my wife. I'm apologizing. And then this feeling hits me in my chest. I was like, I got to get out of here. I start driving home. One of my issues I've dealt with from my childhood is I grew up under this mindset that men, don't, people don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you hide that emotion. And it's so and that's not good because then it comes out as anger. And so then I'm driving home and I start crying. And I don't know how to react to it. And I call my wife. She's like, what's happening? I get home. I'm standing in the middle of the bedroom, just <gasps> trying to breathe and cry. And and I realize I'm that man. I'm that veteran. I'm that person that I say I don't understand. I don't understand myself. And it starts unraveling. And then I start to realize what can I do to fix myself? What needs to happen? And I start going through and then I start to see this side of me that I didn't know existed, you know? And I'm like, and it really bothers me, you know, that I've ever been this person. I'm glad that I'm improving, I'm changing. In fact, I've got this amazing woman that I'm married to. We're three years in a marriage and realistically, if she wasn't the person she is and has done the mental health work on herself, she would have already have left me. Uh, and rightfully so. Um, but she has hung in and said that she knows that when that anger comes out and when I say the things I say that it's my childhood and it is, I, I didn't know when I heard the word flashback, you think of a Vietnam veteran jumping under a table if a car backfires. No, a flashback is when we start acting like a child because that's all our body knows how to react. I love this guy. Like be a child. like yes. I told my therapist, I was like, I walked out in the garage and I was like, I just wanted to punch the car, the door, everything. And I had to hold myself back. And he was like, because you were a child at that moment. Yes. And I've not, rec- and I'm just now working through that. And it's this is so real. And now I'm in this world now where I'm so into mental health. Every person I see, I'm like, oh, they need they need mental health. You know, <laughs> like which is yes. good because now I don't get mad at people. I got road rage. Oh, I look, I guarantee there's a lot of people in this community that avoid me on the road, but now I'm better. But now when I see people and I they cut someone off or whatever, I'm like, whoo, man, I hope they work through that. You know what I mean? Because now I'm seeing it differently. But it's so terrifying to know that for years, in fact, a friend of mine who's in his 50s said that what, what disappoints him is that he's just now seeing it. I'm like, same thing, same thing.
0: Terrifying. It's terrifying. Hard, it's hard to get people to understand this. And no, i just to give you a little snapshot. I was in one career for 27 years and due to a really big battle with my own mental health, I completely left that, that job. I was a radio and television guy forever and you and I sound like we're on the exact same page right now. It's like, I'm so into mental health and I'm so into fixing these inner child wounds is kind of to put some color around what you just said. I'm so into working on things and trying to rewrite the story for myself, because each one of us, man, from birth, we're given a story about who we are, who you were as a little boy. And, and that narrative just keeps playing out in your head. And before you know it, you have this operating system that you you seemingly have no control over until yeah. you can identify it. Now you can identify the whole operating system and you go, where the hell is that coming from? Yeah. And when you and, and for most of us, it's like, oh, that was some really crappy stuff from when I was eight.
2: 12 oh 16 right i'm gonna i'm gonna share something personal because i'm i'm proud that i learned it yes Um, so i'm doing emdr right now and good dang i can never remember what all it stands for so you know to those that are listening like it's though it's eye movement and it just slowly brings things up and the best way i've described it to my wife the first experience of emdr was my childhood is like I've watched it on a worn-out VHS tape. Most people are too young to know. Y'all all know. That. <laughs> I know a VHS. Yeah. Is. yeah, of course. <laughs> but you know, it, all, you know, you get bits and pieces. Well, now it's streaming in 4K, and I'm seeing yeah. it, which can be terrifying. But I realized that, and I actually did a video, and it wasn't until someone commented and referred to something I said in the video that it made sense. That I said I can't heal it unless I see it. Yes. So as I was doing this EMDR, I I went through my entire life looking for a a motherly figure to be there in my life to nurture me, and I wasn't finding it. And then I started. I looked for it in a friend's mom. And at fourteen, we were do we were inappropriate with each other, starting at fourteen, and. I remember, I vaguely remember that I remember. I couldn't talk about it to my friends because it was my best friend's mom. But then also it's like, it wasn't until I did EMDR. It's like, he was supposed to be the adult. What, What? no. And then I remember I told my ex-wife this and she goes, that explains a lot of, I don't know how to, I'm learning how to love somebody. Mm. My wife and I are going through that process. She grew up in a family that loving, nurturing, hugging, touching. I'm like a caveman, like, are you okay? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Does this feel good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm going through that. And it, if, it, if I hadn't have discovered that, I wouldn't be working and realizing. And look, my mother is still around. Uh, and I have to deal with the fact that Look, my mother had a rough upbringing. Sure. And so I'm not, I'm not angry at my mother, but there was, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Uh, Now, here's an interesting thing that I see, and I want to say this because I feel like it's very powerful for veterans out there. My uncle is 72. He's a Vietnam veteran. He has gone through. I've watched He is your stereotypical Vietnam veteran and has gone through the ups and downs, the struggles he's my mother's oldest brother. They both grew up in the same household. My grandfather was an asshole. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff. And, but here's the difference I see in the two of them. My uncle, we can discuss mental health because he's gone through everything. (laughs) The good and the bad. I'm trying to go through mental health since, you know, the seventies. Um, my mother has never, In fact, to her, mental health means, oh, you're gonna go somewhere so they can tell you that I was a horrible mother. It's like, no, that's not what it is. But, so I'm gonna go ahead and point out that my uncle, though we can criticize the VA or the veterans and their struggles, he's had more of experience of mental health than my mother has. And I've said before, I think that veterans are gonna end up leading the way with mental health because we, we all have the same trauma. Whether you're a civilian or not but because we've had that extra layer of going to combat well then we have that extra attention but i've always said most of our trauma always said most of their trauma was when they were children and now i realize it was most of our trauma that's what kind of leads us into that world Mm. and i have my oldest son is actually part of that same world he has a mother that doesn't talk to him you know what i mean and so i'm trying to make sure he doesn't end up in that same world i did of just searching for that validation.
0: Yeah. And isn't it so important to articulate that for those of us who want to work on that old story, as I say, when I go and speak to people, I'm not telling you these things about my family and the way that I was brought up to to blast them. Like I'm putting them on TMZ to make them feel bad. I'm, I'm expressing it because it's time that we just use the words, say the things that happened so that
2: we can try to cycle through it. Does that resonate with you? It does. You know, And I'll tell you what, my children, So I've got my oldest is about to be 19. Uh, That's Colston. And then I have another son, Jack, who's turned 16 today. My daughter, Ryan, is 14. And then my son, Matthew, just turned one year old on the eighth. So now with that being said, I've told my my older kids, I said, look, being a father in my 40s with a newborn is so much easier. I'm established. I know where I'm going in life. I know what I'm doing. I know how to care for this baby. I was a child when I had them. Now that I've got them in therapy. Oh, you don't think that I think about who if it hadn't hit them yet, it's going to hit them soon that I wasn't the best parent. You know what I mean? I made mistakes. There was like a lot of mistakes, but it's like, I, I know that. And what I'm prepared for is for them to see, Hey, if they come to me I'll, i will openly apologize yes i screwed up and now let's look at i'm doing everything i can to improve that and vice versa so uh, yeah we are our, our parents they screw us up because you know what a child we now that i'm looking at my son between the ages of birth and like four to six years old is like they're a sponge and taking in so much it's terrifying
1: yeah Absolutely.
2: Do you ever like sit sit back and, you know, with the,
1: just the situation with your mom and kind of look at her with a little bit more like compassion and empathy, like, man, I I know she doesn't want to go there. But now that you're starting to do your own self-discovery, it's like, why not? Maybe it's, maybe it's way too painful for her to go there. And I know her ego is saying, oh, so you can tell them all about what a bad mom I am. But imagine the pain that she might be going through, just the fact that she would even say that.
2: Yeah. You know, that's, One thing that, like, my wife wants me to confront my mom about some things um, because she's just a very hard woman to this day. And you know what? Part of me wants to do it at a time and a place that it's possible that I might encourage this woman to, to improve her mental health, which would be such a win for all of us. You know, but she may not. She may shut down and, and it then you know yep. you, you do what you do.
1: <laughs> hey, I, I have some incorrigible people in my life as well that I love. I love, <laughs> but sometimes the the some to to this date, the conversation, it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. And that's okay. You can't control them yeah. but what you can't control yourself. And thank goodness
0: you have the tools. we have to we have to mourn that like you have to mourn losing your limbs like you know for those of and i'm saying this to people that are listening to us that are going like me too me too my mom my dad my brother my sister it's like you almost have to mourn that relationship you didn't get the mom that you dreamed you would have you didn't Mm -hmm. get the dad you dreamed you would have but that doesn't mean that they don't want to be there for you in the way that they can show up and oftentimes i think if you meet people where they are it's it's really interesting what you might, what they might have the capabilities to do. We sort of need to let them go there.
2: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And it's possible. But then, you know, there are going to be those people out there that their mom or dad, for whatever reason that they're not right, they're gone. Um, And what I always tell people is the best thing we can learn from that is to be better than our parents. You know what I mean? So my best friend growing up, his parents, I mean, to add to the, story. They were, they were crackheads. A lot of crazy things went on there. And I remember I told my friend, I was like, hey, you're either going to be like him or you're going to be better. And when I joined the military, I had to cut him loose. And now he's a heroin addict, and he lives with his parents. And I walked away from it. And I remember thinking like it was it was the hardest thing I ever did was walk away from him because just like my son with his friend, he feels like he has to be the one to care, which can be good and bad. I was like, just don't let anybody drag you down. Um, but that that transition and trying to encourage somebody is like you try to encourage and hope they do. But then you have to step back and just lead by example. And some will follow some won't. You just said I've it. I have a crazy
0: question for you, Noah. Do you think you would have done any of this work had you never been injured?
2: I don't think I'd have been doing any of this work if it weren't for my wife, honestly. Yeah, I think I would still be in the dark. I think that uh, I would still be the person I felt like I was a year ago and before that was I felt like a fraud. I felt like I was out um, sharing on social media and on stage a person I wanted to be and hoped to be, but then outside, if I weren't with my kids, I was at the bar. You know what I mean? I was doing, I was drinking all the time, all this stuff that wasn't living up to who I said I was going to be. And my wife has. Oh, when COVID happened? Oh it was like, I was drinking non, like I just drank. And now here it is. I haven't drank since January. I stopped for just a little while. And then a couple months later, I was like, you know, I feel pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. And I always tell my friends, like, I'm not trying to tell you not to drink. I'm just saying this is the world I'm living in. But now I've, I've had a lot of friends that are now in a place where they're like, yeah, I quit drinking as well. And you know, I, I hope that some of them, maybe I encouraged, uh but it was go ahead.
1: Uh, I was gonna ask, is that due to the work that you're
2: doing mentally and emotionally and spiritually? Well, so what I think so two years ago, I was I experimented with microdosing psilocybin. And while I was doing that, I quit dipping tobacco, which was a hard thing to do. Uh and then January, I did what's called a hero's journey, a large dose of mushrooms. And then afterwards I was like, I don't like the taste of alcohol and I wasn't trying to quit. And then I was, I was out with a friend one day and telling them, I was like, yeah, I just lost. In fact, they were drinking a margarita and I love margaritas. Like, let me try your margarita. I was like, yep, no tastes horrible. And, but now I'm months later, I can try alcohol and it doesn't taste bad, but I love where I am so I don't want it. So it, And they say that that's a common thing to happen with psilocybin. Now, backtracking where I am with my mental health, with microcurrent error feedback and EMDR and psychotherapy, just doing talk therapy, I've put the psilocybin aside. You know, I was all into it for a minute and I'm not saying I'm against it, but I'm not sure if I'm sold too much on it yet. You know, sure. I'm I'm really enjoying microcurrent nerve feedback in the MDR. Of course, I always tell people I've started sharing on my social media, my mental health journey, and I always tell people, I'm not saying what was going to work for you. I'm sharing what's working for me, you know, because I'm not a mental health therapist. just like with my diet. If I share people how I eat, I'm like, look, this is working for me. And I may find out down the road, this doesn't work for me, you know what I mean? But this is what I'm experimenting with, blah, blah, blah. But man. right now, my mental health—I'm so into it right now. It's all I think about.
1: Oh, well, man. it's Me not too. like it's not like one thing solves all the problems. But you're doing yeah. all the you're doing all the foundational work right. with yeah. the EMDR, with the therapy, with all of that. And then, so you do use a pharmacological solution with, with psilocybin. And so it's like it's it's not just one thing. It's all these th- different things together. You're you are doing the work. I mean, as they say, this is the work. The it's work. not just one thing. You're doing it all. You're setting that foundation. And like, we, we call them just like the, the foundational pillars of your mental health and your mental wellness, yeah. which you is know, a- that, incredible.
0: I was that, gonna say, I'm- and I like that you articulated this, Noah, because I think for so many veterans and people that have experienced high levels of trauma or compound fractures, as I like to call them, uh, there is no talk therapy or pill that's going to fix the situation that you went mm. through. That's impossible. It just won't happen. Like talk therapy will give you some tools, help you with your communication, maybe help you work through how to articulate some thoughts, feelings, and emotions. That's really great. That's powerful. That's awesome. But the, the stuff we're learning now about psilocybin and you know ketamine and some ketamine. of these other things yep. that people are using, man, with just a few doses of this stuff, people are really able to have some transformative formative experiences and, and discovered things about themselves that they had not, maybe it was this, this thing about the ego wouldn't let them see. But you know, when you do psilocybin and some of these stuff, like the ego goes away, he goes away. You you see who you are. And that's really helpful. It is. It is. It is helpful. There was no question. Oh. There just a comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all. I was waiting for
1: it. <laughs>
0: no, no, no question. Just to like, go. Well, I mean, I guess the question would be: Don't you think that was your experience? Like, I don't think you needed to take psilocybin a hundred times. You can take it a few times, have
2: an experience. Well, you know, and everybody and, I've and talked go. to, everyone I talked to that does psilocybin pretty frequently, they've all said the same thing: that your body tells you when you need more or less. You know, what I mean, it's really good the way it flows. Once you start dabbling into it and you know, what's interesting about psychotherapy, about talk therapy, this is the first time it's ever worked for me. I've tried it several times in the past, but what I've discovered now, because before I thought I was just, I just had everything put together. Cause every time I'd go to therapy after a couple of months, the therapist would say, do you think you need to be here? Like the last one, she goes, I mean, I enjoy our conversations, but I think you're good what i was doing was i was putting a show on mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i didn't realize i was doing it i was and what i think this is another thing that i've discovered so now my therapist is is a male it's a man his name's Bo. and before it's always been women and I, this is nothing uh offensive to men or women but i mentioned my childhood and then i've had a lot of women disappoint me i even had my first wife left me in the hospital when I got blown up. You know what I mean? Like, I've had some bad experiences with women. So even though I, I've i always grown up thinking I am so pro-woman, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know I have three sisters that are very successful. You know what I mean? I've never judged women, um, but there must be a side of me that the child in me that won't open up. And so these therapists, and then all of a sudden I was with, a man. And it's like, I realized, okay, I feel more comfortable. And I think that, I don't think that's offensive. I think that just like a woman, if they've had some bad experiences with men, well, the last thing they want to do is have a male therapist. You know what I mean? Yep, so yeah, so you got to find what works for you. Because I, I think there's a video out there that I did that I said psychotherapy does not work for me. And now I've discovered it does. I just had to find the right person. Hey Chris, you got time for like
0: one more question? Now I understand yeah. why Joe Rogan has four-hour podcasts. I can sit and talk <laughs> to you, Noah. I know for four hours, man. man. But you know, everybody's got a life. So Chris, maybe yeah. one of the last couple of questions, and then we'll start to wrap for up. For
1: sure. I mean, Noah, you've been through such an incredible transformation, and just listening to you talk about all the work that you've done to date. I mean, even especially even in the last year, who was Noah Galloway
2: five years ago, and who is Noah Galloway now? Mm, That's a good one. Five years ago, Noah Galloway was someone who was experiencing a lot of attention, had a lot of positive going on, was taking care of myself uh, externally, physically. Um, But it was uh, that was a man that was lost and in the dark, did not know what was going on, who he was. He thought he did, but no idea The Noah Galloway today still doesn't know who he is, but I'm aware of it. (laughs) that's a good answer (laughs) (laughs) but i'm working you know what and that 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 word awareness that is a word that is huge in my vocabulary now you hear it everywhere awareness awareness i'm aware holy crap i'm aware you know what i mean and it's because it's like i see things now in a way that i never saw it before and that sounds so corny and it's to someone that is in the darkness sounds like that sounds like some weird magical foo crap foo. No, yeah right yes, right but holy crap is it a real thing
1: when you know you know and yeah. and it's like the other people who've been there who are going through it also and they're doing the work you're gonna get a lot of nods like oh my gosh bro me too me you know too. what that's
2: what if i could and i hate to do this shameless plug but i did my book living with no excuses and in that book like i i'm brutally honest about my mistakes and my and there's one chapter that i spent 10 days in the county jail. When I did the book, I was terrified that people were going to read it and hate me. But I remember thinking if one person connects with it and the amount of people who have reached out since that book have been huge, they relate to it, they, 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 they connect with the struggles, but now. I'm wanting to share this whole other lifestyle that I'm experiencing. I want to do another book because as proud as I am of that book, I feel like there's this whole other journey that I'm going on that needs to be shared. And I've started doing that with my social media, but it's been interesting. My social media has dropped because I think that's a a touchy subject to share. But my wife has reminded me, she said, you're doing the right thing. So I'm going to continue to do it. And, And I'm proud of it you should be because the, the people that need to hear that message are, they're still there yeah. and
1: the, they're the ones that will really connect with you and and your your message it's 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 not, nothing against you it's bigger than you the yeah. message you you have you're you're doing god's work here and so yeah. Yeah. and then I'll
2: tell you what, if you put just the fact I'm looking at the screen right now as three men talking about mental health. I mean, that's something that, again, this isn't choosing sexes, but men have a very high suicide rate. Men are struggling to open up. You know, that song by Dax. Um, oh, he's dude, that, with Darius I, I Rucker. Mm. Well, yeah, like it's like that is so true because we do. We struggle to open up. We've been raised to be like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, of course, my mother was the one who was like, I was 10 one time and I hurt myself and I was crying. She said, some people can handle pain better than others. Well, that's because of her darkness she grew up in and it was passed down. Well, now I am preventing that. And I tell my kids, cry. If you're emotional, cry, cry." you know what I mean? Because if not, it comes out as anger. And that's one thing that, this is for women as well, but men have to realize, that anger is not anything that's impressive. When If you could look at yourself on video pitching a fit, you don't look tough. Right. You don't look tough. And we've done it. Oh, I've pitched a fit. And if I could have seen myself on video, I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Man, you
1: are so inspirational. You're so motivational. And you know what? This conversation, it went so far from where I thought it was, but it <laughs> couldn't be more be- Seriously. It couldn't be more perfect. Couldn't be more perfect because this is the message Noah, like, this is incredible and everybody, everyone needs to know who you are and they need to know your message because, and you're so, you articulate it so beautifully. I can't thank you enough for being on with us. This has just been, this has been awesome.
2: Well, Matthew, Chris, thank you. And Chris, when you reached out, like it's been a while since we talked, I was so excited because I keep up with you on social media and I love your family and everything y'all are doing. And Matthew, I'm so glad I got to meet you. This was awesome. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Buddy. Oh, yeah, buddy. We, so we good. appreciate you, my man.
0: All right, so we got about a couple of minutes left. Would you rather <laughs> name that tune and the power of promises. Yeah. We're gonna rapid fire this stuff. Where do you wanna start, Chris? You're not off
1: so. the hot seat yet, man. We, we, we gotta have <laughs> some fun with you, Noah. So this What song, are we doing first? Uh, let's do name that tune.
0: Uh, all right, here we go. Right. I'm gonna play you the opening, like two seconds to a song. You tell us title and artist. Here is your tune, Noah Galloway.
2: I know the song, mm. but I don't know the song. Like I know I've heard it. Um Is it
0: is not- it is it is it Gwen Stefani's The Sweet Escape?
2: Together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. Oh I hate that I didn't know that? Because uh, I was a big Gwen Stefani fan. Uh, uh, oh uh, spiderwebs? Yes.
1: It when no doubt first came out, and I remember I was in I was a senior in high school and I'm like who is that? Yeah. Like, those, those like
2: thigh high socks. And everything. She was just yes. a badass. That's the thing. She just was just jump, a badass. Jumping yes. around on stage and everything. else. Like, she she ended up with a good old country boy. I was like, man, I that could have been me. Could have <laughs> been you, man. man. <laughs> All right. I got, a, I got a
0: funny would you rather. Maybe the funniest would you rather we've ever had. Here it is. And everybody's got to answer, Chris. So you got to answer this too. Okay. Would you rather orgasm every time you fart or fart every time you orgasm?
2: Oh, orgasm every time I fart. <laughs> yeah, for, <sure. laughs> for <sure>. No brainer. <laughs> <laughs> but Incredible. at least if it was the other way, my wife would know when I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> that
1: is tremendous, oh, Chris. You say the same thing? Yeah, it's for sure, the same thing.
0: What about yeah. you, Matthew? Yeah, I think you have to probably. uh Yeah, you gotta say that. You gotta yeah, say because yeah, so you so. Yeah. typically speaking, you are far more than you orgasm. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm right. yeah <laughs> I right, you're oh, eat Final. beans all day. Are you kidding me? Final question. <laughs> Final question, Chris. Hit him. So Noah, I know you are. You're a man of integrity and um what does it mean to you to keep your commitments to yourself
2: to keep your promises Mm. to yourself to myself oh that is a powerful question chris because you know what you've gotten me thinking about how am i good about keeping the promises to myself um i feel like this year has been better because i i've cut out a lot of bad things and now I'm, I'm even at the point where i told my wife okay what am i going to quit next am i going to quit caffeine well not yet but you know what i mean uh, but <laughs> but keeping those promises to myself you know what i don't think i've always been the best at doing that because we tend to please outward which sometimes sounds like a good thing but most of the time if you really break it down. It's our ego that's doing that. We're afraid of disappointing to look bad. But the real, if we really want to make a difference in people's lives, we would be doing what's right for us. And, and as I realized that, I always use the example of like, you know, you meet people that are doing something bad, or like a smoker. You know, you should quit that. And they're like, man, you got to die of something. Yeah, I love doing that voice when I do it because that's how they all talk. But, <laughs> but I, I love telling those people, I'm like, well, what if you don't die from it? but it makes you so ill that your family has to quit what they're doing, put their lives on pause to care for you. Now, most of us, no matter how egotistical we are, narcissists, we become, we come up as we don't want to be a burden to other people.
0: Mm.
2: And usually when I tell that to people, they're like, Oh crap, you see it in their head. Like, I don't want to be that. And that's what it comes down to when we are, when we don't, if we're not being true to ourselves and making sure we're taking care of ourselves, well, then we're gonna leave that to someone else. And you can't take care of someone else unless you take care of yourself first. Just like, hey, being on a plane, put that mask on yourself first before you put it on someone else, because that is reality. And to add to it, I'm sorry, I'm gonna on the soap ditch That's for one good. more second. When Keep it going. comes to our children and those listening to us, They learn from what we do. You can talk to your kids who you're blue in the face. They don't learn from that. Think about the good and bad things we've picked up from our parents. We didn't try to learn them. We just woke up one day and we're like, shit, I do this just like my father does. It wasn't because he told us to, because that's what we saw. So we learn from what, so I do need to be better about working on who I am and being true and keeping the integrity of what I want to do for myself, because that's going to ripple effect to everyone around me. So I'm glad you asked that, Chris.
1: No, this is such a beautiful answer. And so true. You, you cannot take care of other people until you take care of yourself first. And you, like Gandhi says, be the change that you want to see. You you want your kids to have a, to, to, if you want to be that example for them, you got to live it. You yeah. gotta live it, man, and and you are living exactly. it. You are, and the thing is, let them let them see you try. Also, like let them see you get uncomfortable and start making some yeah. commitments, though. And it's, so, if you mess up, confess
2: and get right back on track. You yeah. know, and oh, that's, you know what? That's that's, I do not hesitate to tell my kids I'm sorry that, that I messed up. You know right. what I mean? That that was a mistake. Because I don't. They don't lose respect for me when I do that. They don't suddenly don't want to listen to what dad says. No, now they know hey you know what we all make mistakes
1: yeah Yeah. exactly man you are a good father I am Aww. so excited. I'm excited for these three humans to enter the world and really make a difference because you are a shining example for them. And I need mean it with every cell in my body, man. Just keep doing what you're doing and keep spreading your message.
2: It means a lot that y'all asked me to come on. I hope one day y'all let me come back on again.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? Absolutely. part three, four, and five. We're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much that we didn't uncover here,
2: you know? Oh, anytime. I love, this was fun. This was fun. Uh, anytime. Okay. Where are y'all located at? Phoenix. Yeah, oh, Arizona. Perfect. Perfect. Wait a minute, are you? Yeah. So come here. Yeah. It's nice. I plan <laughs> on coming there. And then there's a a, a whole other podcast that's in y'all's area that I want to come visit. And I want to come visit to y'all. Perfect. That's what we're going to do. Done. Too easy. All right. DM me. I'm going to send you my cell phone and you'll have Matthews okay. as well.
1: So that perfect. way we'll just keep it going. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. There's a lot of things we could say to you, but I think uh, the, the, the final thing that I'll, I'll say to you is that The world's better with you in it. And uh, you just can't say that about everybody. And so I'm glad we got to talk, I'm glad we got to meet. We wish you nothing but continued success, man. And it sounds like we're gonna see you soon. So this isn't goodbye, but we'll see you later.
2: Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Chris. All
0: right chris i i can't even tell you man i mean i felt like the whole conversation i was sitting there going me too oh my god me too oh my god i'm so excited that there's people like him out there that's why i felt like i had to tell him that at the end yes
1: there's no doubt about it and you know what and you mentioned this and and i hope he's right in that veterans are leading the way for men's mental health because like humans are humans right and we we do compare and so uh, while we all experience trauma it's like to have these veterans come back and say look i experienced trauma stateside now i also experienced trauma in the war other men can look at that and say yeah you know what you've you've been through the shit and if you if you can make it through this i can make it through this too and so like for them to have that voice to talk about mental health for men i think it could be so incredibly powerful and i hope he's right in that and i think we should we need to do whatever we can to support that and i think there's there's so much that can be done and and again not one solution multiple solutions building those foundational pillars of mental health right so it's just i'm so happy for him and his family and I, and 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 i'm also so glad that he has a platform so that he can he can be that voice for for mental health incredible. and for veterans i mean this is incredible yeah man he's a good dude He's a really, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I hope everyone listening, you're able to take something from that. And I, I, I don't know how you couldn't. It's (laughs) going to be heavy on my
0: head all day. All right, listen, we got to run. We know everybody's busy. We cannot thank you enough for investing a little time with us in this little podcast. We called the, I needed that podcast, stories of transformation. Um, this may or may not be, one of the last episodes of the year. We're kind of waiting on one more booking confirmation and then that could be the last podcast of the year. But in case this is the final podcast that we tape for the year, uh, we certainly hope everybody has a great Christmas holiday if that's what you celebrate. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing everybody in the new year.
1: Most definitely. It's been a it's been a wild ride in 2023 and here's to uh, an incredible year, an incredible start to 2024. Happy holidays, everyone.